Welcome to Crystallizing Conversations. Join your hosts, Jillian Aurelia Green and Iris Unique as we explore the tools, pathways, and possibilities for healing and expansion. Through the warmth of easy conversation, we'll be delving into magic, mental health, and more. This is your time to learn about yourself, each other, and of course, the crystals that support us along the way. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community of your closest spiritual friends. Let's grow together. Welcome, everybody, to Crystallizing Conversations. Hi there. It's so nice to be back. Uh, when we record these, it's usually in like little little spurts. We'll do a couple at a time and then let them come out. And so I feel like it's been, it's been a couple weeks since we've, at least Iris and I have gathered together for recording. Um, I think this is going to be a really beautiful and potentially very meaningful episode. Um, we are really going to be focusing on healing the relationship that we have with our bodies. And to really dive into this topic, we have uh, a very dear friend and a mentor of mine, uh, Marla Mervis Hartman. I've known Marla, gosh, I think since like 2017, maybe, maybe 2016, like that, yeah. something like that. It's been, it's been, it's been a good, a good amount of years. Um, Marla is the creator of Love Your Body, Love Yourself movement. After years of struggling with her own dysfunctional body relationship, Marla has transformed her experiences into a service or services, I should say, that help women discover, honor, and appreciate their bodies. Marla has followed her passion for women's health down many, many different paths, including women's sexual wellness, postpartum care, massage therapy, um, tantra, Reiki, and yoga. She's certified as a teacher in all of those. She also is certified in integrative somatic trauma therapy. Um, the list just continues. Uh, she also, which I think is very impressive. Uh, she also was featured in a TEDx. So she did like the whole, the whole TEDx experience, mm -hmm. but in all of her work, Marla is really devoted to empowering women to feel good about themselves and live the life that they fully desire. And she actually works full time as a professional coach, speaker, facilitator, Reiki master, as well as a teacher. Ah. So oh, many beautiful so things. Much for being here, Marla. I'm so <laughs> excited for, for this episode. I feel like it's going to be very helpful for many of us people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, I know I I met Marla, like I said, in I think it was 2016 or maybe 17. But I actually knew about. Marla through through a friend of ours. I had a very dear friend I'm hoping I will have on this podcast in the next couple of months. Um, she I know, I know I know I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> so she was one of your your Reiki students and I remember we actually met at at work and I remember she was like telling me about like this amazing teacher that she had <laughs> and like how magical she was and like just being around her made her feel more embodied and made her feel like she Aww. could really just accept herself and she was so excited to be working and it was one of the first times that she really felt that way and that wasn't even the work that you were really doing it was just you know it was focusing on Reiki itself it wasn't focusing on like body positivity and but I remember her her talking about about you and then uh I had um, so I have an autoimmune illness, if I haven't mentioned it before, and I had a relapse around that time, 2000, 
16, 17. And I just kept getting the message that like, I really should, I should do, I need to do Reiki. I need to have Reiki. And so, you know, our, our mutual friend got us, got me in touch with you and I had a Reiki session. And then afterwards we were like, so let's talk for a little bit. <laughs> and, and then through that conversation, I realized like, this is a much bigger thing. This isn't just like, I need Reiki to fix this. It was like, oh, this is like a whole, this is a whole journey that I really need to embark on and be open for. And you were, you know, so, so lovely and ready to like hold space for me. And so I started, I started working with Marla during this time when I was really struggling with my relationship with, with my body. Um, you know, like I said, I just had a flare up. I was relatively housebound. Like Yael had mm -hmm. to like drive me to my sessions with you. Cause I couldn't drive more than five, 10 minutes at a time. Uh, and I remember I was just, I was filled with so much anger at my body Ugh. that it just couldn't function the way I want. Like, why couldn't it just be the way that everybody else was? And, and then on top of that, of course, later on, there was so much shame and it took a lot of time, but I feel like, you know, in working with you and through my own spiritual journey, I've finally gotten to a place where there's this, this gentleness and this softness around my body. And I very rarely am angry at my body now. If I am, it's just for like five minutes and then it's like, it's fine. It's okay. I still love you. Um, so that's a little bit of like how Marla, you know, how, how I knew Marla and how, how she's come into my life. And I, so that everyone else can get to know you a little bit. I'm, I'm curious, do you have a favorite crystal and why? Well, of course I love rose quartz. I know yeah. that, but I'm, I am obsessed with rose right now. Mm. Like everything rose. Like I have these rose tinctures. I have this bamboo rose. I have everything rose. I can't grab it right now, but I have my rose quartz right there. I It's okay. Here, I'll show, I'll show one off for you. I have one here. There we go. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. I have rose petals <laughs> sitting there. So I'm really um, obsessed with rose. So I would say that rose quartz is what I'm really into right now. And I would say that's so fitting considering so what fitting. you embody. <laughs> right? So it's like, it makes total sense. <laughs> but, I, but that's one of the reasons I love asking this question, because I feel like it really reveals a little, a little bit of who you are to right? people who don't know you yet. Yeah. So rose quartz. Yeah. Good one. We'll be talking about rose quartz later as well. I'm sure um, we will. Before we dive in, I also want to mention to those of you listening, um, we do have a trigger warning for this episode. So in this episode, we will be referencing uh, dysfunctional eating disorders and potentially dysfunctional, you know, relationships with the body. And this could be very wonderfully, deeply healing for some, but it also could be potentially triggering. So if this doesn't feel like a safe topic for you right now, that is completely okay. Honor where you are on your journey. There's absolutely no shame in doing what's right for you. You can always catch us on our next episodes or listen to an old episode. Um, but I just want to put that out there because I don't want to surprise anybody with, you know, what, what might come up in today's, today's topic. So thank you. Right. Julian. <laughs> yes. Very appropriate. <laughs> So, um, I think at least where I would really like to start Marla is I feel like this topic can be really challenging, right? Western Eurocentric 
culture has often really dismissed and and downplayed or or tried to just outright repress or reject our inherent connection to to our bodies. And this is something I know I've struggled with almost the entirety of my life. And I know I'm not the only one. But like in Western cultures, it's really this idea of like the mind is the thing that is most important. And and even now in the spiritual community, like all these all these people are like, okay, we're rejecting the mind. It's all about the heart. It's all about the soul. But even then, there's still a lot of people who believe that to be spiritual, you have to completely reject the physical. You have to reject the physical body in order to like be truly enlightened. Um and so I'm I'm really curious, like why in your opinion is reawakening the relationship that we have with our physical bodies actually truly, truly important and, and potentially necessary for not just our mental health, but our spiritual health. Mm. When you were saying that, it's so interesting. My whole body was clamping up as you were saying <laughs> that. <laughs> and then when you're saying about like, you're asking that question, like, why is that? I could feel like, like I, the, the thought that came to me is like, every one of our cells holds our soul, right? And the soul is in this body. And it's so important for us to not just think it. And the heart is in the body, right? So mm -hmm. we need to not only think or move our spirit around, but really embody this experience of love. Right. And I think about myself early on when I was very, very physical and I was always, you know, using my body and I thought I was embodied, but I wasn't at all. I was like moving my body, shoving food in my body, like pushing my body. I wasn't connected to it. I wasn't fully here. I was, I feel like I was one step ahead of my body. Like I was here and my body was back here. And that's a very safe place for people, right? We get very, we can, it, it's a, it's a place of detachment because if I'm in my body, then I'm feeling all the emotions that are in my body. Mm -hmm. If I'm in my body, you know, it, it can be a scary place to be. And on top of that, you know, as a, as women, um, and as, I can just remember myself as a child, like so much attention was on my body. And it wasn't about being, it wasn't, there, there was no harm. It wasn't like people were trying to harm me. They were just commenting. I was a very curvy little girl. And I can remember people, I remember my aunt would say, I want to look like Marlo when I grow up. And I was like, I don't know, maybe 10, maybe, oh. you know, and I was like curvy. And, and I really got this idea that my body mattered. So it's an interesting thing. It's like, we're not supposed to be, if you're, you're, you're saying like, we're just supposed to be the spirit beings, but then our body has to look really good. So mm -hmm. it's so messed up. It's so like, wah, 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 like, what do I do here? And it just automatically makes us so uncomfortable with like, what am I doing? Am, am I this body? I am, but the body that I am has to look a certain way. So that's how I'm my body. Right. So it's, it's, Ugh. and it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's exhausting, right? And then we wonder why we have these conditions, right? We wonder why we have like what you were going through, right? And what I've gone through with my health. And I don't know all of the listeners, like what we go through. It's like, there's such an expectation of our body showing up, but then I'm not supposed to be my body and then I'm not supposed to be vain, but I am supposed to be this. And it's really challenging. 
really yeah, I think there's face. something to be said about it's like a multifaceted thing. It's our body image, like how we look on the outside mm -hmm. that we feel like we have to portray ourselves a certain way, look a certain way, um, as well as our body internally and what we're experiencing physically. Like I know Jillian has, she has her health issues. I deal with chronic back pain. So it's like this multifaceted thing when it comes to our body that, yeah, I'm just so, I can't wait to dive in more with you. Cause I just feel like you're going <laughs> to, I just want to put you on a pedestal and have you talk for the next hour. <laughs> Maybe not a pedestal, just like a soapbox. Here's a yeah, soapbox. soapbox. That's what I, mean. yeah. I have so many things to say. <laughs> it's really complex, I think, especially, and I, I know this is true for for everybody, you know, whatever their gender presentation. But yes, it's it's really hard. Like we do live in this world that's constantly trying to influence us to make us feel like we are less than so that we continually buy into like the products that because we live in a capitalism. So it's like, let's make you feel shitty. So that way you will buy the product so that you feel better. And, you know, it's like, literally, I was just talking about, like, my hair is so, like, my hair can get really frizzy. So it's like, so I need to like have a straightener and I need to like do all these things or like I am not skinny enough so that I have to like follow this diet fad. And it feels so easy to fall into this like barrage of messaging that especially for those of us who are raised female get from a very, very, very young age, right? It's not like, oh, you're so smart. And it's like, look how pretty you are. Like from this very young age, it's very clear what we look like is the most important thing for us. And that's really challenging when we want to be like these spiritual beings, these like healthy, empowered people, but we have all of this complexity and all of this mess. And, you know, the, the Yiddish word is mishigas, all of this like mess involved with it. And so I'm really curious, like, what are some of the ways that you have found in like today's society? And as we're constantly being bombarded, especially now with social media, that we can protect ourselves from this, that we can, while we're trying to start shifting this behavior, we can at least take some like practical steps to, to start protecting ourselves from this barrage and start separating ourselves, not from our bodies, but actually from the messaging that is really, really detrimental to our mental health and our emotional health and our spiritual health and our physical health. Is there anything that you Absolutely. find really helpful? Yes. yes. Well, first off, I think that we need to realize that we are in it. Like most people are just like, they think it's just normal and it's the way it should be because they've been growing, they've grown up in it. It's just, it's, you just diet. You mm -hmm. just, that's what you do. You just don't feel comfortable about yourself and you just diet. Like that's the choice that we've been given right? Feel uncomfortable with diet, like change your body, do something, right? We're so in it. We're, so, as you were saying, we're so inundated and it's such, it's such an epidemic that I realize even where I sit from the place of feeling like I'm over the hump of it, like we're still all connected. We're still living in it. So I still have thoughts. I'll still have things come up and I'm like, I I don't have, to, I have the choice whether I want to believe that or, or I don't. I have the choice whether 
what I do right here in this moment of discomfort, right? Oh, I've gained weight. Oh, what are you going to do about that, Marla? Well, in the past, I would just die. It's like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. That's not what we do, right? It's like, how about we just sit with some discomfort and feel our bodies and just give ourselves the opportunity to feel safe in the body that I'm in right now, right? So it's like, feel uncomfortable, go outside, look on social media. I mean, I get really riled up about this topic, um, <laughs> especially... I, I just feel really saddened for, I didn't grow up in social, with social media. If I grew up with social media, I would have been so much worse off. I right. know that it would have been, it's, it's so sad to me what is out there and what people are being pressed upon at such a young, young age. So this is what I feel about it. So here are some tools that I say. You need to get off of sites. You need to get off of Instagram pages that are not making you feel good. If you come to one and you all of a sudden feel like you are comparing yourself, delete, delete, feel bad, delete. Right? I think like, it's so important to, to really notice the feelings that come up. Mm -hmm. I think that is so huge because I think it's totally fine to wear makeup. It's totally fine to want to do your hair and look pretty. That's okay. I think what happens is, is when we get into this negative self-talk about it, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not. I think that's where the, the real issue is. It's okay to do your hair and feel beautiful. That's fine. It's when the negative feelings, that negative connotation of I'm, I'm overweight. I'm this, I'm that. And, and learning to love our bodies regardless, not even regardless, because of our imperfections. I feel like that is a huge, at least for me personally, with my back injury, and I'm still dealing with the pain and I can't do the things I used to, I'm proud of myself when I can, when I am mm -hmm. able to adjust what I used to do. And instead of being like, oh, I used to, I used to be able to do this, I changed the verbiage of, wow, look how much I can do now, even with my limitation. And so I, I think that's such a great point of look at who you're following on social media, find the sites that are uplifting. I know Jillian has talked about doing it. I've done it as well of finding the accounts that talk about loving yourself and talk about self-care and self-love and healing your traumas. Those are the types of things that you should be looking towards rather than the, oh, you know, some celebrity that's doing all the, all the treatments. And then if you're not doing that and you're, you don't have this curvature, then you're not good enough, that sort of thing. And what I really find fascinating about social media is that we know we're intelligent human beings. And we know we're being told this, that there's so much um, airbrushing and there's these apps that you can literally, I've been noticing there's apps you can change your body. Like, it's like, this is my body and over here, it's it, like your, the butt is bigger, the waist is smaller, the boobs. I'm, it's, oh, wow. we know that this is happening. People are doing that. They're putting themselves out there. And it's like, we still go and we still look and we still say, oh, I wish I looked like that person. Well, that's not what that person looks like. And it's, it's like, I don't know what part of the brain it is that does that because I feel like we're smart, but we just, we miss it. It's like that comparison comes in that, oh, I wish if only I could be like that. Right. And for me, it is, it, it's a place of, um, 
real deep self-compassion that we need to have. There's a, a compassion for ourselves when we have this um, just jarring of what we're seeing in front of us. And not only that, but what people are talking about. People are, women I see, um, I see people coming together and then they just start bashing themselves. They just like start talking about the things they don't like about themselves and talking about their body parts. It's like, just so you know, I know that my butt's too big, but just so you know, and so they like put it out there. It's almost like, I feel comfortable if I know that, if I know that you know that I know that there's something wrong with me. Which is so funny because I feel like at least from my perspective, <laughs> when I that. go to see other people, I focus on their beauty. I don't even notice. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the majority of people, right? It's almost backwards. For others, we look and we see their beauty and we see their radiance and their uniqueness. But then when it comes to ourselves, we focus on our negative. And then we put it out there like, oh, I'm this, I'm that. And the other person's like, I didn't even notice that. At least that's from my perspective. I think it's almost just this, it's a self-sabotage self that we do when other people aren't even doing it. It's all in here. And it's just, we need to learn how to switch, like notice that you're doing it and switch, switch the verbiage. I do a lot of um, sharing and um, talks around self-talk because I feel like negative self-talk. In, in fact, there's a, there's a statistic that says that if you've had an eating disorder and you're in recovery, the primary cause of relapse is negative self-talk. Mm. And so it's a big thing. And people will say so lighthearted, like, oh, I'm so hard on myself. I'm really not very nice to myself. And they say it so flippantly. And it's like, no, it's a really big deal right. because we're with ourselves all the time. And we need to become friends with our bodies, friends with ourselves. And the way to begin to shift that is what you just said, Iris, is we need to begin to be aware that we're even talking negative about ourselves because it can just be something that we're doing on a continual basis. You know, it's like, it's a habit. We look in the mirror, ugh, right? Go to put on clothes, ugh, it doesn't, not gonna look good, right? We can say those things, cancel, cancel, right? So it's, it's important to be really aware of that and to stand in the discomfort of not saying it. Right. And keeping your mouth shut. I was like, put your big person pants on and keep your mouth quiet about yourself. You don't have anything nice to say. Just be quiet. Right. And it's like, you wouldn't talk that way to your friend mm -hmm. yet. We so easily do it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I Actually, Iris, I have a, um, my book that's coming out this year is called um, Befriend Yourself. So it's oh. all about becoming your own best friend to heal your relationship with your body and food. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Well, one, that's very exciting. And yes. two, um, <laughs> that is really beautiful. I feel like it also keys into this, this simultaneous conditioning we have of perfectionism and humility. And we have to, mm -hmm. we have to always be both. Yes. And this idea, like, this, what, when you were saying about like, when you're out with other people and you, if you, if you say it to the other person, then it's like, it, it's like, you're acknowledging, well, I know that I'm not perfect, but I'm aware that I'm not perfect. And I'm humble because I'm acknowledging the fact that I'm not perfect, 
but I'm still comparing myself because I'm supposed to be perfect. It's like, it's so messed up, but it's so normalized. This idea that as people, as physical beings that go through life and get bumps and tears and surgeries and age and that we have to still be perfect when we, again, like what you just said, we know that like perfect doesn't actually exist and it's all airbrushing. I mean, the amount of like, I've seen so many articles from my, my previous career as an actress of like actresses who came out and they were like, those aren't my boobs. Like, I don't know why they gave me boobs on this, on this bus ad. Like I, that's not my body. Like they just did it because like, even though someone who's already considered like the height of beauty is still being airbrushed, is still being Photoshopped. And now with the social media tools, it's like, now everybody can Photoshop themselves, like make yourself however you think you're supposed to look like, but you don't actually look that way. And so you're comparing yourself, not just to other people, but you're comparing yourself to this idealized version that you're showing other people that doesn't actually exist. And that's so heartbreaking that it doesn't, it's not real. It's not real. Right. And what I have found in mm. this journey of healing my relationship with my body and with food is that we have to tap into something that's higher, a higher vibration. I call it like a higher vibration of love when I'm not haven't been able to love myself and care for myself and take care of myself and not even know how to access that in myself is where all of my spirituality and all my tools really came into play and where I began to really lean into this because I couldn't do it on my own. I couldn't mm -hmm. figure it out. I could not, I still kept going to, if my body is better, if my food is in control, then I will feel, I will like myself more. No, no, I really will like myself more if I lost that weight. And to get really clear that we often can't do this on our own. And that's mm. one of the reasons I think that Reiki, that I found Reiki was to bring mm. in this high, higher vibration of love. Could you share a little bit more with us about, about your journey? Since I know this is something I think a lot of people probably to, you know, whether it's a greater or lesser extent probably have experienced. Yeah. So I, I mentioned myself at a, as a very young age, at a very young age, and mm -hmm. um, I'll just kind of give you the really short version, but I, <laughs> um, I think I had that a lot of emphasis on my body, right? And then I was also an actress and I had also all of that focus and attention on my body and dancer. And so was constantly looking at my body in the mirror and it came to a point where I just was obsessed, really obsessed with what my body looked like and food. And I think that what happened for me is that my body and my food became my coping mechanism. So I binge ate, I, um, I restricted, I was very orthorexic. So if you're familiar with that, it's like when you're highly, like everything has to be super healthy and if it's not, then you're really bad, right? So a lot of restriction, um, which then led to binging, compulsive eating. So it was just, the, and then hiding food and feeling really uncomfortable and I was good, I was bad, right? So it was, and I really did believe that if my body, like I was just saying, if my body was a certain weight, 
and my food was in control, then I was going to be all right because my life really was good. I had family. I had, you know, it wasn't like life was awful. It was a really good life, but I was using food and my body to cope with everything. Feel a feeling, diet over it, overeat, go for a run, do something. Don't ever be present in this body because it's not a safe place to be. And it's when I, I mean, I hit a lot of bottoms. I've hit the bottoms of like overeating so much that I, you know, just that really dark depression of like, oh my God, my life is always going to be like this, right? I can remember when those dark nights of the soul of like, oh my God, I'm always going to eat this way. And then on the other side of being like, when I get that number on the scale, my life is going to be better. And then hitting that number on the scale and I'm like, my life sucks right now. Like everything was shut down. It was only about the, only about the dieting and getting to that number. And that's when I realized, oh, this is so much bigger. Like I finally got it. Like this is so much bigger than just my body and my food. This is, this is a huge wake up call. And so I went on years of recovery. Really, it took me a long time because I didn't, there weren't the tools out there. Like there's a lot of people like me. There's a lot of body image coaches and freedom with food coaches. And they didn't have that. It was either therapy, overeaters anonymous, right? And so I joined a support group. And it was in that support group that I found Reiki. And mm -hmm. I feel like Reiki for me was like the gateway drug of like spirituality. It like opened everything <laughs> up. <laughs> and it's always something. Gave, right. <laughs> and it, yeah. And it gave me that access to this higher, this, this frequency of love that I was wanting because I was mm -hmm. someone who I was always on a journey of growth and expansion and wanting to be better. But it came from a place of I'm broken, there's something wrong with me, and I need to be fixed. Mm -hmm. So I'm only going to be fixed when I stop this behavior and that I'm worthy of love. And through Reiki, what I realized is like, no, I'm going to love myself so much that I'm going to learn how to let go of that behavior, that way, th that defensiveness, that um what what whatever whatever was present at that moment moment. But it 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 just completely flopped things around. It's like, ah, oh. and through, should I, should I talk about what Reiki is? Cause I'm assuming most of your yeah. listeners, let's talk about what Reiki just, is. Yeah. yeah. Let's, why not? Yeah. Okay. Let's so do it. <laughs> for those of you who don't know what Reiki is, um, Reiki is a hands-on energy healing and it's also a spiritual practice and it taps into universal life force energy. And I always say that Reiki it's like we say that love heals. And I feel like Reiki is the energy of that healing love. It's like that medicine of um, love. And what it does is it releases stress in our body, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually so that we can heal. So it's letting go of those negative beliefs. It's letting go of the tension. It's letting go of um, the places that we can open up to ourselves. You know, we're talking about that embodiment, right? It's like embodying this love. And what I have found, and I see this over and over again with my clients and my students, is that it opens up the capacity to love. It opens mm -hmm. the heart. And that's not always comfortable right? <laughs> right. We have to let go of things in order. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, God, I think you've, 
you're thinking too highly of me to keep my heart open in this situation. But I'm gonna, <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it, right? Um, but it just allows us, because we say we want love, but then we don't have the container to actually be able to allow that energy of love in or love out. And since we're talking about this body love, right? It's like how, for me, it's like, how do I love myself? And it's like this drop, like it was like I was um, just little droppers of love going through my body. And I can't believe I'm still doing Reiki and I'm teaching Reiki. That was like over 20 years ago. I never really thought oh, wow. that would be my path, right? <laughs> but it just keeps showing up in this beautiful way. And, you know, to teach people and share people about this, about this energy. And I, like I said, I feel like Reiki opens up so many other things. So for some people, Reiki can open up a whole other, you know, life of, I don't know, human design or breath work. And it's just, it opens us up to, um, at least for me, it's opened up my eyes. I'm my curious body. too, as you've done your own self-love journey, because you said before, before you realized, before you realized it, you had a really good life, but you kept thinking like, oh, if I fix this about me and if I fix this about me, when you finally came to the point of being more healed and more in self-love, do you find that it affected the rest of your life in a positive everything. light? Everything. It affected absolutely everything. See, I think it's important to, to know it's like my journey is not that, it unfortunately, is not that unique. Right. I feel like so many people are struggling and so many people are on this lower, like they're, they're just okay with where they are. They're just, they're settling for this lower vibration that they could be on. Right. Of like lower self-worth, not taking care of them, not fully loving themselves. But for me, there was so much obsession about the food and the body. Right. And when I got rid of that, I'm like, oh my gosh, first off, I had to go through the shame of like, really, you spent that much energy and time on this when you could have like, I don't know, I could have done so many things with all that energy, right? So that self-forgiveness and care and, you know, there's a, con it's continual, right? It's like every day of learning how to love myself more and more. And so my relationships got deeper because I wasn't focused on myself. I was more present. My focus was about loving others and loving myself. So then this opens up a whole experience of connection. So yeah, I mean, I, I used to be afraid, like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to have a child? I'm going to, I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to eat all their food as a baby. Oh. I was like, I'm going to binge on their food. I wanted to have a child. Like, I mean, that was the crazy things that I would think and I'd be concerned about. Right. I mean, they didn't, I mean, I, I have a son, he's 10, and that wasn't the case, right? So it's like these fears, it's like they just mm -hmm. block so much of life. And then from that deeper level of loving self, so much of life opens up that we don't even realize how much of the block we have on ourselves. 100%. And I have two things <sighs> I want to say. One was how you were saying, you know, looking back, how you're like, I wasted so much time and, and you having to have the self-forgiveness. But I think it's important to acknowledge that the horrible things that we go through, the horrible things we do to ourselves, whatever trials it is that we have in our life, look where you are now. And because of that horrible, horrible thing, you are helping so many people who are going through the same thing. 
So I think it's important. I think it's, it's important for us as humans to realize these negative things, these hor quote unquote horrible things that we've been through or done to ourselves and realize how that's transformed us to not only better ourselves, but help other people. So I think that's beautiful. So for those of us that do beat us, ourselves up about di different things that are so bad in our past. And secondly, I wanted to say too, because I had, I can't exactly remember who said this. I don't know if I read it in a book or if it was our last speaker, um, Raquel, that when I met up with her the first time she said, and I'm probably botching the exact quote, but she said something along, or I read along the lines of when you can fully embody self-love, it is then that you are one with the universe. Mm. And it was such a profound thought for me. And I feel like it could be for so many people that if we can finally truly love ourselves, our imperfections, all our quote unquote bad things about ourselves, it not only helps us to be one with the universe, but it helps us to have compassion and those types of eyes for other people when they're coming at us in these negative you know, these negative ways, it just helps us to be more compassionate with others as well and more empathetic. And I don't know. I just want to share that. <laughs> that was beautiful. That, that, that's really beautiful. It, it just, what it reminds me of is, are those moments in meditation where you're so full of love, right? And there's so much appreciation I've been doing a lot of focusing on appreciation and it's like, there's so much appreciation and love in the space that you are one. You're not concerned about anything. It's not that you're like, I love my wrinkles. I love <laughs> this, right? It's just like, right. I'm one with life. It's just like all of that is gone. And you're just so in the presence of love that it's just like, love is everywhere. Love is, it's present. Right. So that's the oneness feeling. That's what I got from you saying that. Yeah. So I know we talked about Reiki, a little bit about meditation, but what are some other tools that you recommend to your clients that are dealing with these struggles that pretty much every, I feel like every one of us <laughs> struggles yeah. with? Yeah. I feel like there's, you know, we just touched on the the meditation, but I feel like the meditation is like just being self-aware, aware of self, coming back to self, coming back to practices that bring us back into our body, to our breath, you know, breath work. And I want to say breath work, just being conscious of breath. And maybe that looks like a practice. Maybe that looks like, oh, like some like a consciousness with our breath. And that looks like being able to drop in and feel and identify, where am I right now? How am I feeling in this moment? What kind of tenderness do I need to give to myself? One of the practices that I do, and Jillian knows this, mm -hmm. is I do a lot of inner child work. And that's mm -hmm. a, a huge modality for those maybe, maybe they may know it as parts work. But it's really about going and being with the younger parts of ourselves that are wounded. And I think that allows for so much more self-compassion, especially if we do have that tendency to beat ourselves up. If there's a part of us who's acting out, we can really tune into that part that is doing these things that we don't like and, and understand that there's a reason that is happening. There's a reason that part of us, why we're acting out is because we're 
this younger part of this part is giving our attention because it needs love. It needs to be taken care of. And I have found that for myself, that if I really go into these places and it's intense, right? Mm -hmm. It's intense work. Um, the things will shift from such a, a deep level that you don't even realize you're different because it's just like you've healed these younger parts that everything, be, your life just begins to change because you're not looking through that filter of that wounded part. Right. I think that's so huge. And I know in my own journey, it wasn't until I had my stepson at two that I really started because I had a lot of childhood trauma. I feel like a lot of people do. And I just, you know, you push it away. But I feel like when you have a child, it forces you like you don't have a choice, but to at least from my perspective, it's like a mirror. And I think now since I've had him, you know, in my life, it's brought up these things that made me have the aha moments of, oh, this is why I do this. This is why I react poorly if this situation happens. It's it's a trigger for me. And almost even just acknowledging it and realizing it's like this aha moment. And then all of a sudden, I don't do it anymore because I realize, like I've, I've focused on it yet and shadow work. It's all really hard, obviously. It's traumatizing, but at the same time, it needs to be done. It's like a wound. Like if you have a wound, and you don't take care of it and address it, it's going to get infected and all this other stuff. You're going to end up on antibiotics. Whereas if you just clean it out, yes, it's going to be painful. You know, if you're just like a normal wound, having to clean it out is a lot of work and it's painful and it sucks. But by doing that, you can actually heal and move forward. So yeah, 100% agree with the whole childhood. And healing yeah. your inner child is huge for self-love. Yes, I I think most of the inner child work that I've done really started when, when I, you know, began, began working with you, Marla. And a, a big part of it was just like being in, you know, imagining my little one at different ages and when things had happened and allowing them to show up exactly as they are. And like, you know, in my meditation or in like, you know, in my imagination, whichever you want to call it. I mean, there were times when I was like, I had like a four-year-old who was throwing a tantrum because she was never allowed to throw any tantrums. She had to be like a perfect little doll. She was never allowed to be loud unless it was like under these very specific circumstances when she was performing for the sake of her family. Like it was, you know, and like literally sitting there in my meditation and like in my imagination, watching a four-year-old like throw things and scream and cry and just like sitting there and holding space and saying like, it's okay. You do whatever you need to do. And when you are ready, like I'm going to, I'm here for, for, to give you a hug and like being able to, again, have that compassion. And I think that's something that maybe might be a little bit easier for some people is I will say it was much easier to have compassion for like my inner little ones and to start with that than it was to have compassion for my body and it was to have compassion for my adult self. So being able to start with like, these are children, you need to like, of course you're gonna have compassion for these children and like the emotional wounds and how overwhelmed they are and the things that they've gone through, it mm -hmm. was so much easier to like really start with those relationships and, and build up. And interestingly, it really did move chronologically in my, in my mm. inner, inner child work. I felt like I was, when we first started working, I thought we were going to like start in around age 
you know, like around age nine when something had happened to me, but like, no, it went to like four and I was not anticipating. I didn't even remember the incident until I remembered the incident. And I was like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about how, how traumatizing that was and how that really set the stage for a lot of my patterns and being able to just love this, love little me, love this little one. And, and that then allows me, it allowed me and hopefully allows one to then have compassion for what you're going through in the present moment as an adult, because of course you can, you can see it and you have so much love for this like little child. And you're just like, I just want to, I just want to make it better. And there's nothing I can really do except just offer you love. And then that starts to really shift and, and translate as you get older. And what that is reminding me of Jillian is like, healing is is not linear right it's cyclical and mm -hmm. and people can get really upset at themselves or like i'm back here again and sometimes <laughs> it's because it's you you're four and now you're nine and now you're having that same place and now we need to deal with with a nine-year-old and lots of times things are too big what another um for example another modality or focus that i work on with people is their sexuality because our sexuality and sexual trauma and sexual violation, which is also so evasive, even if we didn't have something really horrible, just that energy of unwanted sexual energy on us, it can really be debilitating, intense, and, and make us feel, I've, I've seen that so much with, um, with eating disorders, right? It's, and it's finding peace with that, finding peace with our sensuality, finding peace with our sexuality, reclaiming that sexuality, mm -hmm. reclaiming that, stepping into it without the shame, right? And that is, that takes layers, right? You can't just go, I mean, you can, right? But like, sometimes you, you want to just go in and let, you know, as far as the Tantra and what I've learned is like, it's the fire and it just begins to burn slowly. And so we have to be so gentle on ourselves, especially I'll see that with people like, I stopped binging. Why am I doing it again? It's like, it's not a light switch. We're human beings. We have triggers. Everyone has coping mechanisms. This journey that we're on is not about stopping a food behavior or it, or it it's about connection to our bodies and kind of shifting gears here just a moment, like with what you both were talking about is like, we were talking about the body, what our body image is, but also how our body works and these issues that we have with, I've gone through a lot of health challenges and like anger and upset, right? So this deeper layer of like, how can I allow for myself to be angry and still love myself, right? Yeah, because we want to still validate those feelings of being upset. Like, yeah, like, for instance, with my back. Yes, I can't do that anymore. And so you don't want to, like, stifle those feelings because they're right. valid. But at the same time, almost like Jillian, I think you just said a little bit earlier, where um, something about allowing yourself the five minutes. I don't know if it was the inner child or if it was you, but something about allowing yourself the five minutes to feel that. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. then also going back and, and making sure you're not holding it against yourself for lack of a better term, but acknowledging, yes, I'm upset. I'm upset for this reason. I'm mad about it, but I'm not taking it out on myself. 
like having that, that inner knowing and that inner balance of mm-hmm. acknowledging your feelings yet not bashing yourself for them. It is mm-hmm. what it is and still showing yourself compassion. I think that's a good one to move into what we've been talking a lot about what, how so many of us have to greater or lesser degrees, dysfunctional relationships with our body. So what does a loving and healthy relationship with our body actually look like? And I know it might be different for different people, but what does that really feel like as you move through the day? What does that look like? I'm really curious. I think some of us who may not even have any idea of like, what does it mean to even really love myself? I don't, of course I love myself, but like, I don't actually love myself. So I'd really love to hear what you, what it feels like to you or what it looks like to you as you move through your day. My experience of it and what I have learned is that it's about listening. It's about being willing to listen to my body. And some people may not even know, how do I I think I listen to my body. I don't know. I mean, I think, right. But it's that really slowing down and, and I think one of my biggest challenges on other than the food and body stuff has been around learning how to slow down in listening to my body. Cause I um, just pushed myself for so, for so long that I, my body would be screaming at me to slow down and I would keep going. So really the, the slowing down to listen to what the body wants, how does the body want to move today? How does the body want to be fed today? What would feel good, right? So it's this tuning in to our body. And it also goes back to, and that's why I wrote the book about it. It's about befriending ourselves. I think that's the, for me, that's the best. Like, how would you treat your friend? What would you say to your friend? If this body right here is my friend, how am I going to talk to Marla? my best, you know, this best friend, if I'm going to be really mean to her, then she's not going to be my friend. And then it becomes this fight. We're fighting. We're literally fighting ourselves on a regular basis. And so it's stopping and being like, okay, how would I care for my friend? How would I talk to my friend? My friend is tired today. My friend is excited today. What can I do? (laughs) So it's, that is, that friending piece has been, has kind of shifted everything to make it more of a tangible experience, I think, for people to understand. I think that's a great analogy. And I, I love that. I think that's so perfect because we, we have talked about that too, of like, we wouldn't talk to our friend that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, being able to, on those days, me and Jillian were talking the other day and on those days where we feel this, I'm not feeling good today. I'm having a bad day. I'm feeling down and allowing ourselves to feel that way. You know, if a friend's feeling that way, we listen, right? We, oh my goodness, you know, be easy on yourself. Whereas when it's right? us, it's like, oh, buck up buttercup. You better go do this, this, yeah. and this. And it's like, no, how about we treat ourselves the way we would. And, and if it helps, imagine yourself as your best friend. <laughs> if that helps you, I mean, I can, I, I feel like I'm, I'm saying this as I'm like, okay, Iris, I need to be conscious of this. Of like, how would I talk to, I have my friend Brittany on, like, how would I talk to Brittany in this situation? Would I be beating her up about feeling down about herself? No. So I think that's a wonderful analogy. Mm-hmm. And it's also that wanting, like, we want to get to know our friends. 
right? How are you doing? What's going on? Oh, I didn't know that story about you. Well, right? Like the more self-aware we are, the more we understand ourselves, the more we go deeper into, I, I love human design for that reason, right? Because we learn all these little um, tweaks and twerks. Have you had someone on with human design yet? Not yet. Not yet. I've like mentioned okay. it occasionally, but not, not yet. Yes. Soon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I think even understanding ourselves and there's so much even more, there's so much compassion in that. It's like, oh, that's why I do that. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's per, I'm perfectly perfect, right? In this design. So yeah, it's this idea of like, I'm supposed to work this way. We're all supposed to work differently and that's okay. And that's true for our personalities. If we were all the same, like, I mean, boring. Human and humanity would not have existed. <laughs> like we would have died. It would right. have been done. It's right. It's the innovation and the fact that there's so much variation is what makes humanity beautiful. I mean, and granted, some of those things are challenging and and tough, and maybe they're not necessarily healthy, or they're working in like a shadow, you know, a shadow phase of it versus more a more enlightened phase of it. But you know, it, it the point is that we're all supposed to be different, and I think. That was one of the really big things for me, not just with human design, but in, in working with you and doing the inner child work and, and first learning to love and offer love to like my, my, my little ones, as I call them, right? My, my, my inner, my inner, my inner child through the ages. And, but it wasn't really, I think it, it was such a long process. And I remember like I would have an, an arthritis flare up and I would come to you and I would just be so angry that I would be sobbing because I was so overwhelmingly angry that it was happening again, or it would, you know, finally go into remission. And then all of a sudden there was something wrong with my vocal cords. And then that would like, it was just this constant stream of all of these things happening. And it felt like I was the victim and my body was the abuser. And that was such a, a scary place to be in because I never knew what was going to happen next. It made me start living and I have, you know, I'm not like a huge personality, but like, I'd like to live a big life and my life just got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller because I was so scared of like, well, I can't do this because what if I have a flare up or I can't do this because what if this happens and all of a sudden I can't walk and then I have to get air. Like, I mean, I would make up all of these insane stories of like what could happen to me medically if I'd like traveled or like did anything. And it really felt like I was this victim. And that I think was one of the biggest shifts for me was when it finally got to the point where I realized like that is not what is happening. I am not a victim. My body is not doing this out of spite. It's not trying to hurt me. It doesn't actually want to hurt me. Pain is literally just messages. It's telling me something is wrong and I'm not listening. So it just keeps making it louder. And you're okay. You're not going to pay attention to this. Then I'm going to do this over here in this part of your body because you're not paying attention. And it finally, when I realized it just wants to help me, it just is telling me what needs to change. And if I just, you know, like Louise, Hey, like if I just listen, it would maybe not stop entirely, but it would 
quiet. And it, and it did. And it was almost when I, I mean, it took me like years to finally get to this point, but when I finally did, I mean, it was probably like a matter of two months and all of a sudden it was all of my pain was reduced by probably like 80%. Like it just quieted. And then it became really having compassion for my body when there was a flare up instead of, Oh God, this is happening again. Like, how could it do this to me? Like there was, I remember one time I was in Mexico and I was staying at this place and there was like, it was totally empty because it was during COVID. And I, I made this thing of like every night I'm going to take my headphones. I'm going to go down to the beach and I'm going to dance and I don't care who sees me. And I did that. And I did that for like three nights in a row. And it was like so amazing. And I felt more connected to my body than I ever have. And then on the fourth night, I twisted my ankle and I like, and I felt it. I felt that moment where I was like, how could you do this? We were in sync. Like we were finally doing this together and I was feeling you and you did this to me. And I like in a moment realized, oh, this is, this is the cycle. I'm doing it again and stopping and instead being like, okay, you've had enough dancing. Thank you for telling me we're going to go back. I'm going to ice you and it's going to be fine. And like literally talking to my body has been such a game changer Again, like instead of it being the 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 negative self-talk, the positive self-talk, the like, thank you, like just thank you. Thank you for letting me dance for three days. I haven't danced in years. I understand like your muscles are weak. This was too much. I understand. And then like the next day my ankle was fine. It just was like being really aware. And like you said, the listening has made such a difference in being able to have compassion for my body and being able to feel like, we are on the same team and that I can love it and it loves me. And it's something that I've never been able to feel or say and, and being able to finally do so. I mean, I'm not always perfect at it, but being able to do so and let go of the anger for the limitations that I felt the pain had set upon me and just accept it for what it is honestly solved. Like, I mean, most of the pain. And so it finally stopped that cycle. So anyways, thank you. (laughs) Jillian, that is so powerful. Like when you said that about like you feeling like a victim and your body was the abuser, like, oh my gosh, that's so powerful. And to turn that around and just love what you shared. And it's like in that moment of full freedom of you dancing, it's almost like, I'm not saying this is the reason, but I I feel like sometimes when we're in that full expression, sometimes things will happen. So we get to have the opportunity to turn it around. So you had that opportunity to love on yourself. And it's such, it's just so, I just, such a powerful share. Thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, I, I will be very clear and honest that, I mean, Marla, your, your mentorship has been a big, has been a big part of that. So I thank you. I'm like cheering up a little bit, but I think this idea also, and finally in having gratitude, and I think that's been the other half of it, right? Because inherent with gratitude is love. You can't, you can't be grateful to someone without some loving energy there. And 
finally finding gratitude for the body that I'm in as it's as it's aging and as it has sunspots and with its frizzy hair and its arthritic knees and like you know being able to and it's like tight fascia like and I can like list all the things but it no longer feels like these are things that are wrong with me these just are things that are and I've never been able to experience the gratitude of even with all of those things, my body is literally carrying me through this life. And I had a traumatic birth. So like from the beginning, it always felt like a struggle. I almost suffocated, the umbilical was wrapped around my neck. Like I literally like, and I remember telling you that of like, yeah, like my body tried to strangle itself like before I was even born and like, ha ha, that's a joke. But like it, that's, not actually funny. And, <laughs> you know, but, but, but it's like what you were saying before. It's like if if I if I like make a joke out of it, like it makes it okay. And it's like actually that's making it worse. Because mm-hmm. the truth is I almost died and my body still managed to hold on long enough to be born. Oh I'm gonna cry now. But like know, but it's true. Too. But it's like it has allowed me to get to where I am. I literally could not be living life. I couldn't be on this podcast. I couldn't have a crystal business. I couldn't be in a relationship. I couldn't have a dog. I couldn't experience trees. I couldn't smell flowers. Like I literally can't have lived without my body and like how much gratitude that that I'm finally able to feel because of the work, you know, that you and I have done and and the other spiritual work that I that I've done. Being able to be aware of that, that shift and finding compassion and love and gratitude for my body has, I've never experienced. I mean, it took me what, like 30, 34 years, 35 years to finally feel that. And now that I do, it's like a little, I like, it feels like this like little, I don't know, this like bubble of warm energy that just like I carry around with me wherever I go. And that I know like I'm, I'm actually alive. And it's because of this partnership with this physical form that agreed to carry me through this lifetime and experience everything that I want to experience as a soul and that I wouldn't be able to experience if I didn't have. And I wouldn't, I mean, I'd just be a nebulous soul floating around. I don't know. But, <laughs> but I think that's, you know, I think that's that's been... A, one of my huge journeys in this life and one of my biggest lessons in this life is is shifting that relationship and learning to love it and so i don't know how to end that but i'm just i'm just really grateful for my body and i'm really grateful for you and the you know being able to through your own journey and all of your wisdom being able to show that path forward for others. You know, everyone's going to like have their own version of their journey, but you can be like, I, I rocked this too. So like, here's my light and you can come, come in this direction. And, you know, I think it's making such a difference to, to so many people and myself included. So you're like a lighthouse. You're like, it's Mm -hmm. safe here. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's dark, but just come this way. (laughs) Just lean in just a little bit. Thank you, Jillian. I appreciate that. I just think about the celebrations that people have in life, right? <clears throat> the celebrations, oh, anniversary and my birthday. And it's these small moments. And this isn't small, but 
like, these are the celebrations mm-hmm. that I want to celebrate. Like I have my body today. I didn't speak mean to myself today. <gasps> like you can't put that on Facebook, but it's just like, yes, I did it. But like, you should put that on Facebook, right? right? Yeah. I wasn't defensive to my husband today. Yeah. <laughs> Celebrating your wins, like, no matter how small they may oh, seem, the little, yeah. they're huge. They're, they're huge. huge. They're really huge. And that's where they, I think the appreciation comes in. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I, I've worked with you, so I know, but I would love for you, Marla, to share what are some of the ways that you offer support to your clients in your practice? So I love working with people one-on-one. I would say my one-on-one practice is the most um, deep and delicious. Um, (laughs) Also, I have a group practice, um, which is called Everyday Reiki, which is also working with me one-on-one and then also um, doing group healings and learning different practices. And that is a really powerful, I I love that group. The Everyday Reiki group is, it's wonderful and um, keeps growing and growing. Um, also you can always join my Facebook group, which is peace with food and body confidence. So I can send that to you all. And we'll definitely, we'll link it in the show notes. Okay. And then you also do like facilitations and stuff. So if there's someone out there who's listening, who's like, I want, I want Marla to come talk at my event. Is that something you are also open to? Oh, yes. I love, (laughs) thank you, Jillian. Yes. I love talking to groups. I love talking to people in groups about, um, friending yourself, um, self-talk, loving your body, you know, bringing in this spiritual aspect, this sacredness, this connection to our bodies and how we can really heal on a deep level. So that's one of my favorite things to do. Amazing. Beautiful. So now we're going to get into the crystals that are going to help us support us on our self-love journey and healing. Um, I'm going to go first, which I talk about if you're not familiar, or if you haven't listened yet, um, I deal in crystal formations, which aren't as well known. So um, I highly recommend going to my website. If, if I'm not explaining it or you can't visualize the formation I'm talking about on my website, I have a free encyclopedia with photos so you can see what I'm trying to explain but I will do my best. Um, So when it comes to healing um, ourselves and our relationship with our body, I have several formations that I want to talk about. The first of which being Fenster, F-E-N-S-T-E-R. And it's basically a crystal that when you look within, there's multiple, um, it's called skeletal, but structures within. And Fenster is when it's in a triangle shape. If you're watching the video, this makes it kind of more helpful. Almost looks like a window within the crystal. Now, This formation does multiple things, just like with crystal meanings um, in general, how they do multiple things. Fenster is multiple things, but one of the things that Fenster formation helps us to do is to break down our false belief systems. So it helps us to remove these false belief systems layer by layer, because again, it's skeletal, layer by layer to get to the core of ourselves. They're crystals of self-discovery and self-empowerment. So removing those false beliefs that we've built up from childhood over years so that we can 
then go in and heal. And the crystal that I recommend, the formation I recommend for healing is called self-healed. And what happens with self-healed crystals is there will be a breakage that happens, um, typically while they're still in the earth growing. And either they just, you know, either the tip gets broken or just a little shard or whatever. Normally crystals, if you see that's happened, they're just like a smooth surface. Whereas with self-healed, they have a pattern to them. Sometimes it can look, can look like crumpled paper, fingerprints, lace. Really cool is when they form with triangular formations, which I feel like as crystal offers, that's probably the majority of what we were used to seeing and it looks so cool. Mm -hmm. um, and so what happens is, is rather than staying broken, this crystal has over time taking the time to heal itself into this beautiful pattern. And I almost think of it like a scar, but beautiful. And so it's our reminder, not only physically when we have things, we've all been through trauma, whether that's physically, emotionally, <laughs> all the things. And for me, self healed crystals really are a reminder to do that work. We talked earlier in the episode about doing, you know, shadow work, working through those layers that we have these pains over years built up so that we can heal and move forward. So self-healed crystals are going to help us with that. When it comes to um, self-love and acceptance, there is a formation called muso habit, which typically you hear that in the mineral world, not in the metaphysical, but muso, muso habit is a quartz crystal that quartz crystals have six sides. So they have six sides and six faces. What happens with the muso habit is it tapers towards the tip to where when you're looking at it from an aerial view, like top to bottom, it looks like it only has three sides. So you still see the six faces, then it looks like it has three sides and then they expand back out into six. So that is 636, 636 and angel numbers is really about helping us to have self-love, self-worth and self-acceptance. Self so that's another crystal that you can come in after you're, you're helping to clear, to help heal yourself and give yourself some self-love, um, as well as the Isis formation, which I talk about all the time, I know, mm -hmm. but one of my favorites. So Isis is on one of those six sides or six faces. Um, sometimes it happens with two, but it has a five-sided face that resembles a diamond. That helps us to step into our own personal goddess or God energy, having our self-empowerment, self-worth, as well as self-love. If you think about someone that walks into a room with confidence, they are in their power. You, I feel like you can't really have one without the other. You can't have this stance of I'm confident and, you know, I'm owning my worth and my power and not also have self-love. So Isis crystals are really going to help us with both of those aspects. And then lastly, I want to talk about imprint, which is when a crystal leaves an indentation from another crystal side. A lot of people refer to it as key, um, but that's for if it's from a tip or base of another crystal. Again, please look at these on my website if you're having a hard time visualizing, but think of that as the crystals rubbing shoulders with one another. And that's really about our relationship with others and how they affect us, how they imprint us. So when we're thinking of this regard of who we're following on social media or even who we're spending time with, do they uplift us and help us to want to cultivate self-love and self-worth or are they very 
critical and very demeaning. So imprints are really going to help us to take an evaluation of our relationships in order to better ourselves so that we're, we're loving ourselves and not hurting ourselves in that regard. So those were my formations. Hopefully I didn't talk too much. (laughs) Amazing. No. Uh, All right. So for actual like crystal recommendations in terms of specific crystals, uh, we talked about in the very beginning, but rose quartz is like, I have this like full, this beautiful sphere. I love it. It's so gorgeous. She's actually, she's actually currently one of my altar crystals. Um, So beautiful. But my big, my big baby here. So here, I'll, just, I'll hold it while I talk. So rose quartz, of course, is um, a crystal of universal love, but that also is self-love. And it's something that, you know, people think it's like romantic and it can be for that. But really, it's about building up our own capacity to love, supporting our own capacity to love. And whether that's someone else, great. But building up our own capacity to love also means loving ourselves because it's really hard to love other people if you don't fully love yourself. So Rose Quartz is a really great one. Um, I also really love, that's just in general, Crystal specifically to help reconnect and heal the relationship we have with our body. Um, There's actually a couple garnets and there's Mm -hmm. there's a, a number of different types of garnets that range in lots of fun colors like green and orange. But the most common one is almondine garnet. That's typically people think of when you think of garnet, which I have, but I couldn't couldn't find. And Almadine Garden is, it's very protective, but it's also energizing. It's a really good stone to help us embrace our physical self and just like be in it, be in the sensuality, love it. It's okay. And whether it's sensual or whether it's just being in the physical, I know Almadine Garnet was one of the ones that I was using a lot around the time that I finally had this big, this big energetic shift for myself. So Almadine Garnet, personal experience. I will also say Rhodolite Garnet, which isn't as common, but Rhodolite Garnet is a really good garnet for emotional healing. And so, and like the emotionality that comes from valuing ourselves. So it's not like a solar plexus chakra of self-worth. It's a heart-based chakra self-worth that I am worthy of love. I am worthy of gratitude. I am worthy to be alive. And my body is worthy of that as well. So I really, I mean, garnets in general, they always connect with the physical, but I really love this, this idea of rhodolite that it's helping us connect to our physical selves by emotionally healing and knowing that we are worthy of all of that love. Um, Crystals to support self-love and self-acceptance besides rose quartz. Udiolite is a really great one. It's not super common. It comes out of Russia. Udiolite is really fantastic. Rhodochrosite, where I actually have a rhodochrosite rose. (laughs) Ooh, I love it. Um, So rhodochrosite looks like this. Sometimes if you're watching on YouTube, sometimes it kind of looks, if it's, if it's, little strips of it. Sometimes it kind of looks like bacon. It's a really beautiful crystal in some (laughs) circumstances and a really odd looking crystal in some circumstances. But rhodochrosite is such a powerful stone for self-love and self-forgiveness. So especially Mm. when we're experiencing that shame of any, any type of shame, but especially that shame of like, why didn't I do this? Why couldn't I figure this out sooner? Any of that, those shame-filled wise, mm-hmm. rhodochrosite is really, really fantastic for that 
self-forgiveness. Um, I also really like Mangano calcite. I've got a giant thing here. Yeah, it is and a very, it's fluorescent. I know. It is a soft, <laughs> a soft pink stone. I have this oh, so obelisk dreamy. here. The size of, it's like the size of my head. It is, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but it's it's a type of pink calcite. Gets its color from manganese inclusions, hence the name Mangano calcite. Um, it does glow into black light, which is a fun party trick, but it's a really, it's another beautiful stone of self-love and self-forgiveness and forgiveness for others as well. But it's, it's really good for healthy boundaries while still having, still having compassion. So I feel like it's when we're working on our own boundaries, right? Like stopping the self, the negative self-talk, mm. like really having support in those boundaries for ourselves. So we're setting for ourselves. So we are able to move in a more aligned and less detrimental way. Um, but it's a very like gentle supportive stone. So I think my calcite is really fantastic. And then I also will say Nirvana quartz. I think I mentioned this in another one as well, but Nirvana quartz, it's a growth interference crystal. I have this really amazing one. That's my favorite. It's got a giant, oh, pretty, tons of it's huge. I, I know. Um, <laughs> So Nirvana Quartz was was etched by glaciers it's from the Himalayan mountains, and it was etched by glaciers as they expanded and retracted over millions of years. And it's a really lovely crystal because it itself isn't perfect. It's literally been carved away. It's covered in scars. And yet it's called Nirvana Quartz because of what is what it has experienced has allowed it to reach quote unquote Nirvana. And that really the way to reach quote unquote again enlightenment is full acceptance of the self fully loving exactly who you are as you are and nirvana course is really supportive of that it's one of it's one of one of my favorites i always have this one near me i've done a lot of work with nirvana courts and um so i love that one and then i will also say crystals that support overcoming unhealthy coping mechanisms, right? Because we, we have, and we all have them, you know, they're not all overeating or, or under eating, but we all have to, for me, it was, it was perfectionism. We all have these coping mechanisms that we, we develop. And so there are a number of crystals as we're doing the spiritual work. And I will say this has to be done with the spiritual work, of course, but crystals that can really help support us releasing those unhealthy coping mechanisms as we are doing the work. Well, the first one is amethyst. Amethyst, especially for like the mental spiritual protection when we're thinking about protecting ourselves from like social media. <laughs> um, I think there's a reason why amethyst is, is such a big first crystal for everyone, why it's so popular is because it is, it's really protective, but it also really does help us break some of those, or at least, you know, see the coping mechanisms that we're using that are no longer helpful for us. It's, it's one that's recommended often for, for addiction. Um, so amethyst is really fantastic. And then I also think, especially when it comes to crystals that are supportive for physical coping mechanisms that are no longer serving us, I really like red jasper. It's not one I think that's commonly used for it, but especially for like overeating or yo-yoing weight or like really being in our bodies and being okay with being in our bodies. Red Jasper is 
wonderful. It's a root chakra stone. It has lots of, lots of energy. Um, so it's not like grounding, like depressing type grounding. It's like, it gives you energy, but it's also really protective. And so it kind of has this, this twofold that I think is, is really lovely, but red Jasper is a great one for being in your body without being, having the, having the run around of, of all of these addictions or, or behaviors that actually are, are really unhealthy, both for us physically and for us emotionally and mentally and spiritually. So red Jasper. Beautiful. Love all those suggestions. I'm just yeah. sitting here nodding. If, if you guys aren't <laughs> watching YouTube, I'm just nodding and smiling. <laughs> so anyways, so that will conclude this episode. Thank you. Should so we much, end it guys. and start again? Do you think? Oh, well, that concludes another episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope that you continue along this blossoming podcast journey with us. Uh, if you can find us on Spotify, Apple Play, YouTube, um, basically, I think wherever you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Please, if you enjoy this, give us, give us, give us a good rating if you enjoyed this, because good ratings mean more people will be recommended to listen. And that's always exciting. And don't forget to subscribe here and on YouTube. Yes. So that way, you know, when we have new episodes, be sure to follow us on Instagram at crystallizing conversations, where we would love to know your thoughts, impressions. We'd also really like to know what topics you want us to dive into on this side. Um, so that's a great place to comment and let us know or DM and, and let us know. We also have a website, crystallizingconversations.com, where you can also stream these episodes. We also on our website have our embodiment journeys, and that is a really great way to integrate a topic that's really resonating with you. So we have designed these specifically. So that way you have a way besides just like passively listening and like, yeah, this makes sense. And yeah, I really resonate with this. You actually can do, you know, we have all these embodiment journeys so you can actually integrate this information, right? So you can actually have practical activities that you can, you can, you know, do in your daily life uh, to start really making this a part of your practice. Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, we are so grateful to have you as part of our communities. And if you, enjoyed your time with us. We also would really appreciate it if you shared this with your friends. Yeah, please <laughs> do. And we really would love to hear, this has been a passion project for Jillian and I, and we would really love to hear your input. So please yeah. go on Instagram. Please tell us what you're thinking of these episodes. Yeah, this is, a, so, we're only on our sixth, our, this will be our sixth episode. Yeah. So it's, it's still very new for us. It's all very exciting, but you know, we like to know if we're on if, the right path, if we're on the right path, enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. We're like, actually, you guys, <laughs> um, you know, we're like sitting That's over nice. here, like the two of us with our headphones. So it's, it's nice to interact with all of you. Yes. Um, we also, if you are like, I love this, I want more. Why do you only have one episode every two weeks? I can't wait. We also have a secondary, uh, a secondary podcast. We have a membership, which is our uh, Star Sapphire membership, where we have bonus episodes. So it is a private podcast that you get exclusive membership to. And we have um, two, two series. And we also have some other stuff going in there. But one of them is the 
crystalline astro report. So we have um, a good friend of mine who's an astrology teacher. She comes in she tells us what's going to be happening for the next couple of weeks, all the big transits. And then we talk about the crystals that are really supportive and can really help you like tap into the energy of that season. Or if it's something that's like really challenging, like Mars going retrograde and Gemini, which we just finally <laughs> got out of, um, what crystals can help like really mitigate some of those challenging effects. So we've got that. And then we also have our new like tea time little series, yeah. which is just like informal, informal chats. So we've got friends and we like pick a topic and it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, so, so come if join you, us over there and you'll yeah. still be able to listen on whatever podcast streaming device you use now. It'll be through that. It's just private. So you'll receive a little mm -hmm. private link, your own little password to join the club. Yeah. <laughs> your, your little, your little special key. That's just yeah. for you. I'm really excited to hear about the embodiment journey you have planned for our listeners. Yes. I'm excited too. So I've done many different workshops and so I was looking at what would be appropriate. So I have two workshops that I want to share with your listeners. One is Reiki, Reiki transmission for peace with food. And so it's this deep journey about Reiki, we do, we do a Reiki circle. We talk about how to bring the energy and the spirituality into the relationship with food. So it oh, beautiful. specific tools there. And then also a body love Reiki circle. Mm. So this is a, we're going to bring in the energy of love and <sighs> with all the things that we talked about. So I think you both, I think that your listeners are really going to like both of these workshops. I know we will. So I'm excited. Even if you guys don't buy it, I'm buying it. <laughs> So excited. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Marla. This has been such a treat and an honor to have you on. This has just been, I feel like very, um, what's the word I'm searching for? Like soul affirming mm -hmm. speaking with you. So thank you for that. Yeah. I appreciate you both. Uh, there's, there's a level of depth and really listening and there's a place that you go that I can feel that you're, you're both so connected with each other and the, the, the Thank you. I've been interviewed many times and this just feels like such a lovely container. And I am sure that your listeners feel that too, that they're, they're here with you in this little circle of ours. Hmm. Thank you, Marla. This is definitely a little, a little circle. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in for another episode and we will be back in a couple weeks. So yeah. thank you. Or on the full moon. Yep. <laughs> Thanks so much, you guys. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Bye, friends. This concludes another episode of Crystallizing Conversations. We are so grateful for every moment you spend with us, whether that's listening in or connecting with like-minded friends in the Crystallizing community. To find out how to join, visit us at crystallizingconversations.com, where you can also explore our memberships, which gives you access to bonus episodes, astrological forecasts, behind-the-scenes content, live Q&As, meetups, and more. If this episode resonated with you, you can deepen your exploration through our embodiment journeys, ranging from mini courses to guided meditations to applied practices, all curated to support your embodiment and integration of each episode's topic. Remember, every time you choose to heal and grow, the collective heals and grows with you. Thank you for crystallizing with us.